0: Appa Mata and its programs are supported by your generosity, and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at Apamata.org. Thank you. Good morning. Good
1: morning. Welcome, everyone.
0: Ah. First of all, I'd like to start with a few announcements, um, uh, actually reminders, uh, of the upcoming January intensive that is going to take place on the 13th of January, beginning um, uh, earlier in the day. Uh, We will start at um, 4 to 6 to accommodate uh, the international folks. And then um, and then from eight to five on Friday, and Saturday, and Sundays to meet. So um, we'll, the registration uh, keep saying it's soon to be out, and um, so yeah, sign up whenever you see the registration. It will be coming out soon. The second thing is um, about the flower group. Um, we have four people that are, are working on flowers and. Um, I think we can always use another person, so if you are interested or you know anyone who might be interested, um, get in touch with either me or Anne, and we'll give you the particulars. Uh, You don't have to know anything uh, particularly. (laughs) It's a practice, so you just start where you are, and and, uh, you can shadow people um, until you feel comfortable doing it yourself, so you're welcome to, to join us. Um, so, uh, welcome to the December 19th, 2021 Dharma Talk. Um, it's entitled, Experiencing Jiju Yuzanai. Uh Before we start with the actual text, I'd like to play with the text today, um, and, which means, exactly as I say, experiencing it instead of reading from understanding, per se. So, but before we do that, I'd like to talk a little bit uh, about the background, about, a little bit about Dogen, and about some of the terminology in the actual text. So, um, as you all probably know, this, is, this chant is um, chanted here frequently, and usually on one of the Wednesday nights, the concentration, I believe, is we chant here on Wednesday nights, and that's once a month. And many other um, Soto Zen temples uh, chant this particular uh, work. So author is Ehe Dogen. Um, Something about Ehe Dogen, um, he was born in the year 1200, and he died in 1253. Um, He's known as the founder of Soto Zen School in Japan. he, uh, His mother died when he was seven, and at that time he became a monk at a monastery, Mount. His pronunciation is probably way off, but anyway, I'll make an attempt. Um, Hiei, Hie, that's the central monastery of Japan, of the Tendai school, um, which was the dominant tradition in Japan at that time. <coughs> so He stayed there until the age of 23 when he had an issue. Um, In this this tradition, that tradition, the Tendai tradition, um, it was understood that um, the main teaching at that time was the idea of original enlightenment. And so he was the one that said, what if we are all originally enlightened, what is the point of practice? So he left. And he returned, uh, or he did return. He went to find answers in China. And there, he studied there for I'm not sure how many years, but for a while. And he eventually received Dharma transmission from Ruijina Chan, a master there. And then he returned to Japan, um, as we know, to teach. Um, So, uh, he was a fierce advocate of shikhotasa, or objectless seated meditation, and he taught practice, or, yeah, practice realization. So, his view was uh, that enlightenment, rather being the fruit of practice, is practice itself, and that practice is itself enlightenment. that very interesting. Maybe I've just missed something along the way. <laughs> I heard about practice realization that, that enlightenment, rather than being the fruit of practice, is practice itself and that practice is self-lightening. So he was a prolific writer and many works of which we've studied many of them here at Alberta. Um, some of the uh, topics were on-being. We studied that a year ago in the January intensive. Very wonderful text, complicated, difficult to read perhaps, but um, really wonderful. Um, and then Ann talked about the Genjo uh, Koan last week, or the week before that, and, uh, which is a show of Genzo, which is probably his master work in a seminal teaching in, in, uh, in Zen. Uh, another thing he wrote about was how to wash one's face in the workings of Karma. So he wrote a lot and very it. And this was at the same time he was teaching lay people and uh, and monks and laying the ground for what would then become the central Z school. So that's that's Dogen and um, in a nutshell and uh, um yeah, so uh, I'd like to look at the, the actual Jiju Yud Samai" is translated, or there's a subtitle in English in our chant book that's self-fulfilling uh, uh, Samai," And it's a kind of interesting title for um, for Buddhist text that doesn't really believe, it's, it's, you know, it talks about no self. But at any rate, there are other translations that are kind of interesting for that. It's also um, a reception of Samadhi. So and there are lots of different t- translations there. Um, I'd be very presumptuous if, if I were to say that I think of that. But <laughs> since I don't know Japanese, but anyway, they seem to make much sense to me. And anyway, I'd like to talk about um, the word Samadhi. Let me see it with this. And so what does Samadhi really what is it talking about? So um, samadhi is sometimes, if you divide the word out, sam uh, means to bring together, and samadhi is often um, translated as concentration, and uh, or but a particular kind of concentration. So it's a single pointedness of mind, or concentrating the mind on a single sensation or thought object to the point of absorption. This is a, uh, um, the late uh, John Dido of Laurie Roshi, who is the Zen teacher, um, said that samadhi is a state of consciousness that lies beyond waking, dreaming, or deep sleep. So this is what Dogen is talking about in this work, the Jiju Now. Over the centuries, um, Buddhist meditation masters have um, considered that there are subtle levels of samadhi, And um, one way that a lot of teachers look at it is that there are three levels. The first level, and they're, they're dependent on um, the Buddhist traditional cosmology and specifically on the idea uh, the, the three uh, 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 the three realms of existence. So those are desire, form, no form. So um, an example of samadhi in the realm of desire is one in which, for example, a well-trained athlete uh, playing the game and really wanting to win is in high competition. His focus is such that the eye actually does drop away um, for for the purposes of, purposes of playing the game, and nothing else exists. Now, if you've ever seen Michael Jordan or watched that movie about Michael Jordan, I'm telling that he's there. You know, he's so so intent on, on the game and he becomes you know, So that would be a, an example of samadhi in the realm of design. Now, this is. Um, a mundane samadhi, it's not spiritual. But then you would go into the samadhi as it's talked about in the realm four, um, where there's a strong focus on present moment without distraction or attachment. And but there there is a lingering awareness of self. So it's like a little bit, you know more focused on the, it's in the spiritual realm, but it's not totally about the eye hanging. Around. And when the eye actually the eye is not me.
2: When the eye
0: disappears, the Samadhi there is in the middle of the form. So um, what's that like? This, this same teacher, John Nato lori when she described it in the following way. In absolute samadhi, in complete falling away of body and mind, of course that's talked about in this particular work, there is no reflection and no recollection. In a sense, there is no experience, because there is complete merging between subject and object. So there's nothing to see. There's nothing to see, because it's one. or uh, it's a perfect recognition of already existing non-separation. So the separation is gone. Okay. The separation of subject and object and everything is not there anymore. <clears throat> okay, so Okamora, um, there's a uh, wonderful talk by Okamora online. It was done a while ago, and he's specifically talking about um, the GGU Samai. Um and in that he explains what what's happening in samadhi. And that's precisely what G. was talking about, right? And so it's basically you know, this can becoming clear, your mind becoming clear and pure in Samadhi. The original face appears and all things awaken together in supreme enlightenment. And the body and mind drop away. They, the, the person, becomes the Buddha. It's not the person sitting there. The Buddha seal is there the Buddha. When the mudra is there. It's the Buddha that's sitting on Krishna. We always say we are the Buddha. Um, so uh, there's a caveat to, to this whole business of samadhi and practicing samadhi. Um, it's encouraged or highly recommended that students not do it on their own, but it in the guidance of a teacher, simply because some of the experiences <clears throat> are spiritually unskillful and so finding a teacher kind of had to deal with certain things and about it. So uh, and Suzuki Roshi states that without guidance, Samadhi is just sightseeing. It's not really practice. So. So um, I found it very interesting to, uh, I found an article about um, four different Zen teachers, modern day Zen teachers, talking about Dogen and about how he writes and so forth. And, and one of the topics that they were talking about have, is he's hard to read. Um, Norman Bishop was saying he's been studying it, studying it for 30 years and, you know, just now <laughs> to get the get used to this cadence. And he said, once you get that, then you can, because he plays with words a lot. Um, so anyway, um, so it can be kind of difficult to, to penetrate. But then again, once you do, it's it's worthwhile. So anyway, Norm Fisher says that um, Dogen inspired the whole flavor of sound that you're familiar with. And so it, it's the tone and taste that is appreciated everywhere, even by people the who aren't the studying Zen or practicing Zen. And it involves the feeling of entering in the present moment profoundly. The feeling that produces the tea ceremony, for example, or or flower arranging. So it is the sacredness and power that comes with just being present. The sacredness is the underlying feeling of Dogen's writing, and it sets the tone for the Japanese and Persian Buddhism. So this is, this is what we're seeing or we're experiencing coming through Dogen's work, is this sacredness of this power that comes from the present. Um, in the same article, uh, there was uh, Tajan Tan, Dan Leighton was also one of the commentaries, um, one the commentators. And he uh, said one way that he recommended to work with Dogen is to read his work as if listening to a symphony. So we've talked about this in other, like reading poetry, and you kind of alluding to that kind of idea of experiencing. Um, uh, yeah. So instead of trying to get some understanding, he says, you just play with it. And Dogan is very interactive writing. He's turning language around and turning it inside out and showing us how we're caught in our, in our usual thinking. So he says, this is part of the joy of reading Dogen. I haven't gotten there. I am i a lot of students have what I do and I kind of appreciate it. Anyway, uh, so what I thought today is, um, I thought that we would, uh, I, I would read the, the um, text. And, um, and I thought before we, and then we're going to have people just just let it flow over you and and um, notice any word or phrase that comes forward for you that, that really, um, really hits you. Just pay attention to that, and then we'll talk about that after we do that. But um, before we start on that, I thought it might be good to, um, to all come into this place of presence. I wanted to do just a brief, Doing these a lot, but a brief um, body scan just to bring us all present, so we can, you know, maybe more appreciate Dogen's work. So, so just uh, get comfortable in your chair, and remain upright. Yep. And we're going to start with the feet and just do, go through the body and uh, see how we see how we are right now, where we are, and get into. So, and you can close your eyes if you wish or not. So, let's start with the feet. Um, If you're sitting in a chair, you may feel your feet touching the floor. So just pay attention to what that feels like. The floor may be cool, maybe warm. Um, Your feet may feel tingly, or they may feel tight. If you're sitting on a cushion, your feet may be under you, or they may be
1: located in your lap areas of your So just pay attention to where they are in the space and how they feel at this moment. You might wiggle your toes just to, just to say five to ones. And then we'll move to the ankles, and just notice the ankles and how they feel, where they're located, if they're under you, the front of you, and if they may be tight or tender or feeling okay. Just kind of checking.
0: And then we'll move up into the calves. Again, notice where they are in space, in relation to the rest
1: of your body. And whether they're feeling tight today, or whether they may be loose. How are they? And then we might move up to the thigh area, the back of the thigh. And see how that's, those areas are. Again, is there any pain here or tightness? We're really just, just doing that. then we'll go up to the hips and you might notice one and then the other. Just see how the hips are, if there's any pain there, any tightness. Just how right and left are the same. And then we'll move up into the abdomen area. And again, is it hard there or soft? Is there any pain?
0: Is everything just fine? You might, if you're breathing through your abdomen, you may notice a rise and fall there.
1: Breathing, or if you are more
0: breathe through your lungs, through the chest area, then you might notice the breathing rise and fall here in your chest.
1: You might notice how the chest area feels in general. There any pain there or tenderness? Is there special warmth? Then
0: we'll move up to the shoulders. The shoulders being a place where people often hold tension. Just notice if you're holding them high, or if they're in the warm spot. That is down.
1: And if there's any tenderness,
0: pain, or any
1: difficulty there, just notice. And then we'll go down the arms, one and the other. And just notice again stiffness or if it's just just fine. Or if there's any pain along the are. Down into the wrists and the hands. Where are your hands in space? What are they really touching? Then we'll go from there on up, back up the arm to the neck, and the neck is again another place that holds tension, and just notice if there's any stuck places, or any pain or tenderness, (coughs) I just notice it. Or is it just just fine?
0: Then you might go up into the jaw, again a place where people often hold stress. Just notice how the jaws are. Is there any tension there?
1: Or any pain? Some tightness? Or is it loose?
0: And then through we'll going to the face, how does the face feel? Oftentimes there's tightness around the mouth. You might notice what's going on there, if anything.
1: tightness really And then around the eyes, oftentimes we have tension there. Just check and see how that is. Notice if the eyes are soft or not.
0: And go up into the forehead. Oftentimes, there's uh, tension there between the brows, if that's present or not locate your hands and just see how they are.
1: And then just notice the head, the rest of the head, the scalp. So anything that's April tense. It's all really just And then we just take a moment to rest in the body, rest with the body. Feel in its entirety, feel its weight on the cushion, or on the chair. Now, we'll come back
0: in our awareness, and our presence, open. Well, I'll read this.
1: Ye, do you, the you Yudha Samadhi, self-fulfilling samadhi by hey, Duru.
0: Now, all ancestors and all Buddhas who uphold Buddha Dharma have made it the true path of enlightenment to sit upright practicing in the midst of self-fulfilling Samadhi. Those who attained enlightenment in India and China followed this way. It was done so because teachers and disciples personally transmitted this excellent method as the essence of the teaching. In the authentic tradition of our teaching, it is said that this directly transmitted Straightforward, Buddha Dharma is the unsurpassable
1: of the unsurpassable. From
0: the first time you meet a master, without engaging in incense offering, bowing, chanting Buddha's name, repentance, or reading scriptures, you should just wholeheartedly sit and thus drop away mind and body. When even for a moment you express the Buddha's seal in the three actions by sitting upright in samadhi, the whole phenomenal world becomes the Buddha's seal and the entire sky Turns on into enlightenment. Because of this, all Buddha Tathagatas, as the original source, increase their Dharma bliss and renew their magnificence in the awakening of the way. Furthermore, all Buddhas in the ten directions and the six realms including the three lower realms, at once obtain pure body and mind, realize the state of great emancipation, and manifest the original face. At this time, all things realize correct awakening. Myriad objects partake of the Buddha body and sitting upright under the Bodhi tree, you immediately leap beyond the boundary of awakening. At this moment, you turn the unsurpassably great Dharma wheel and expound the profound wisdom, ultimate and unconditioned. Because such broad awakening resonates back to you and helps you inconceivably, You will, in zazen, unmistakably drop away body and mind, cutting off the various defiled thoughts from the past and realize essential buddhidharma. Thus, you will raise up Buddha activity at innumerable practice places of Buddha Tathagatas everywhere, cause everyone to have the opportunity of ongoing Buddhahood and vigorously uplift the ongoing Buddha Dharma. Because earth, grass, trees, walls, tiles, and pebbles all engage in Buddha activity, those who receive the benefit of wind and water caused by them are inconceivably helped by the Buddha's guidance, splendid and unthinkable, and awaken intimately to accept their selves. Those who receive these water and fire benefits spread the Buddha's guidance based on original awakening. Because of this, all those who live with you and speak with you will attain endless Buddha virtue and will unroll widely inside and outside of the entire universe, the endless, unremitting, unthinkable, unnameable Buddha Dharma. All this, however, does not appear within perception because it is unconstructedness in stillness. It is immediate realization. If practice and realization were two things, as it appears to an ordinary person, each could be recognized separately. But what can be met with recognition is not realization itself, because realization is not reached by a deluded mind. In stillness, mind and object merge in realization and go beyond enlightenment. Nevertheless, because you are in the state of self-fulfilling samādhi, without disturbing its quality or moving a particle, you extend the Buddha's great activity, the incomparably profound and subtle teaching. Grass, trees, and lands which are embraced by this teaching together radiate a great light and endlessly expound the inconceivable profound dharma. Grass, trees, and walls bring forth the teaching for all beings, common people as well as sages, and they, in accord, extend this dharma for the sake of grass, trees, and walls. Thus, The realm of self-awakening and awakening others invariably holds the mark of realization with nothing lacking, and realization itself is manifested without ceasing for a moment. That being so, the zazen of even one person at one moment imperceptibly accords with all things, and fully resonates through all time. Thus, in the past, future, and present of the limitless universe, this zazen carries on the Buddha's teaching endlessly. Each moment of zazen is equally wholeness of practice, equally wholeness of realization. This is not only practice while sitting. It is like a hammer striking emptiness. Before and after, its exquisite peel permeates everywhere. How can it be limited to this moment? Hundreds of things all manifest original practice from the original face. It is impossible to measure Know that even if all Buddhas of the Ten Directions, as innumerable as the sands of the Ganges, exert their strength and with the Buddha's wisdom try to measure the merit of one person's zazen, they will not be able
1: to fully comprehend it.
0: So now I'd like for people to see
3: if they actually have something, any part of it, any phrase and word forward quote. One of the part that I always struggle is dropping body and mind.
0: Body and mind?
3: Dropping body and mind. When he talks doggy many times, drop body and mind. Mm-hmm. And that, that part is still, and know what is a I mean when you're sitting and you really are connected. And it's like everything just, there is no boundaries, there is no, no divisions.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, um, yeah, oftentimes people will experience that um in intensives everything is very so um you know where your thoughts kind of go go to the back you know you're not and all of a sudden you're more much more concentrated in your meditation yeah so um and that part that, that comes forward, um, do you have any thoughts about that, or um, what do you see? Does that relate to your practice in any way do you find? <laughs> there you are. <laughs> oh, you're it again. Uh, Nancy,
3: can you unmute Sandra? Oh, sorry. I thought that you were done. <laughs> yeah. That's OK. Uh, how they relay my practice is, um, like, I can, I can feel that more when I do practice my qigong. You know, uh-huh. When I practice the qigong, I realize it is in a moment, the breathing, the movement, and the mind is all in, all in one line. It's all connected. Where yeah. there is no more the mind here and the body here and the breathing it's just one one whole movement yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah
3: and you and when you say that that's true i I feel that drop in body and mind when you when i in the in the intensive after being sitting for a couple of days, mm-hmm. I can just feel that again what I feel in the qigong.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wonderful. And I, yeah. Yeah. And the, what I guess I just want to make one comment about that, is that it, it makes so much sense to me um, that when he talks about practice as realization, realization is practice. That's what it, you know, that's what it seems to be talking about there when, when th- things become one. Um, as you say, the body and mind drops away, or, you know, is united in one, there's no separation. Um, that's where it's the, the, the practice that you're doing is the realization at the same mm-hmm.
3: time. Yes, and now that you're saying, because the other, wa- the other word that started vibrating, resonating in my body was realization. Uh-huh. And I think that's, uh, that's the same thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, uh Bridget. Hi hey,
4: Bridget. Well, thank you for this. I haven't read this in a long time, but I I, um, when you said it was in the, ch- reminded us it was in the chant book, I had already looked for it, and the part that also resonated with me was about the idea of immediate realization. If I've had that, it's been very fleeting, and the, it talks about if practice and realization were two things, as it appears to an ordinary person, each could be recognized separately, but what can be met with recognition is not realizations of self because realization is not reached by a deluded mind. And so I've come to the conclusion that my mind must be deluded. (laughs) Join the club. (laughs) As I try to, um, and I guess I was gonna use the word grasp, but that's the whole point. We aren't supposed to be grasping. We're just supposed to be sitting in Zazen And ready to recognize this or experience it.
0: Yeah, I don't think recognition is it, but experiencing it, I
1: think.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Anybody? So, this one. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: Kim, hi, Kim. Hi, So, uh,
2: I just love this um, sutra, but but uh, so here's what I'm aware of is like often how we when you ask me what I'm doing when I'm walking across the room, I give you an answer as if I'm watching myself as another person walking across the room. It's much more difficult to describe my own experience, so you know that's what I think he's getting at with the sitting. Is what are what you're trying to get at, or are getting at with the with the experience of what we do? Is it's much harder to talk about because it's like a fish trying to describe itself in water. But it's yeah. really what's happening. Well, it's almost like bringing tears to my mind. It's it's so so beautiful, like what's really happening to you in this, t- in this experience. And I've been thinking, um, my wife and I had a big argument about this, like walking across the floor, it's not, it's not I'm walking on the floor, but it's this, this relationship of me and the floor and the floor coming to me and going away from me, much harder to describe. And you know, I'm trying to see sitting that way. It's so easy to describe it as when you're watching someone else doing it, as opposed to what your own experience is of it.
0: Well, I, I think that's kind of what he's talking about.
2: Yeah. And, and the peel of the hammer that that that's really hard to understand. And I'm not understanding about it, but I'm getting a little closer. It's that's that sound that keeps resonating.
0: Yes. Well. You know, and it kind of goes back to the, um, the teachings of on being in the sense of, you get a clear sense that time in, in this, uh, in samadhi, um, time and space are, are not how we view it in an ordinary, you know, our everyday life. You can have the present occur at the same time as the, the, the present, the future, and the past, occupy the same space. It's all, one, it's all one thing, if that makes sense. You know, there's, there's, there's no division. There's no separation. There's no separation in any of that. And, and, and you can't talk about the way you walk as you're doing it, or, because it's the same thing. If you're in samadhi, then there's no separation. There's no person watching something because it's all one right it's um
2: yeah and and it makes it so hard to talk about it
0: Yeah. yeah 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 thank you thank you darcy good morning You're
1: you're
6: muted,
0: you're muted,
6: there you are, there you are. Okay, thank you, Um, so I just wanted to say my my experience of this um, is probably was was very powerful and I think it may have been aided by the fact that uh, yeah, I had a little, a little, distor- a little sound distortion because of my speaker. I didn't have an immediate, <laughs> yeah, so I had to, I, I really did have to let it wash over me. And also, it's been a while since I've looked at this sutra, and I didn't have the chant book right in front of me or anything. And so I just sat here. And it was a whole body experience for me. And it felt like water just flowing over me, like over me. And it just kept flowing. Um, and uh, it, I, I just wanted to thank you because it was so powerful having this read to me. Uh, yeah, Lori, it was Very, and and the body scan first kind of just, you know, sort of set the stage. So I wanted to thank you for it and and say that I intend to go back to the recording since now, you know, it's going to be on the website and listen to it again, starting with the body scan and just listen because it is a different experience than taking the chant book and reading it. To myself, Absolutely. Yeah. seems seems to me, yeah. yeah. It's my
7: feeling too. So, yeah. yeah. It's my too. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks for reading that. I I'm kind of echoing uh, what Darcy said a little bit. Um, The body scan beforehand was great because I could feel myself just sort of grounding and sinking down and um, releasing any attachment to understanding it or knowing what the words meant. And I think that helped me. I experienced the reading um, as simply the things that come to me are, I felt like qualities washing over me
1: mm-hmm.
7: and um, different variations on how alive I felt. Um, and so it was an energetic reaction to the the words rather than a conceptual one. And then I think Bridget uh, mentioned something that stuck out to me too is this when I heard the words, uh, but what can be met with recognition is not realization itself. And I, when I heard that, I knew exactly what it meant. And then, um, in stillness, mind and object merge in realization and go beyond enlightenment. And that was, um, because I wasn't trying to <clears throat> perceive, I wasn't having the action of perception, I was able to know and go beyond is what I experienced in that book. So that was great. Thank you. Thank you
0: so much. Um, oh,
5: oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always really loved uh, it's like a hammer striking ampulus the exquisite peel permeates everywhere.
0: And that, to me, uh,
1: creates a feeling of
0: the experience of Mm non-duality. But I have to say, while
4: you were reading, and I was aware we were going to be picking out a phrase or a line, I kept
6: like, okay, this one? okay that one (laughs) um what about this will i remember this maybe i should just go back and let it flow so i was aware of picking and choosing yeah
0: that's difficult unless you guys didn't have yeah that's that makes it (laughs) i'll give you a chore right beforehand so almost not fair. um and one thing i wanted to to i think is an interesting point. Um, again, going back to this. Oh, I'll be right with you, Rosemary. Um, uh, this, something that uh, Okamora said um, when he was uh, giving a talk on this particular particular piece. Um, he stopped in the middle of it, and there were a couple of places, and I, I was reading it here. Okay, I
1: think it was. Um, hold on, give me one
0: moment. Um, okay, I think it was this. It was one of these um, statements that were just incredible about things going on and on and on. Okay, so maybe on the page from we said. Anyways. Okay, but because such broad awakening resonates back to you and helps you inconceivably, you will in zazen unmistakably drop away body and mind, cutting off the various defiled thoughts from the past to realize essential buddhajna. That's okay. But then he goes on. Thus, you will raise up buddh activity and innumerable practice places of buddha tathagatas everywhere, cause everyone to have the opportunity of going of ongoing buddhahood and vigorously left beyond the Buddha Dharma, and so um, Okanora uh, says, "Do you all believe that?" <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I don't." <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just crazy. But then he goes on, and he says it a couple of times. These are you know really expansive things he said. But he said, "I um, haven't, I haven't believed that." Mm-hmm. And yet I continued studying and can, despite it because I didn't know enough about it to be able to say whether it's true or not true. And he said that he finally got to the point where he said, I still don't believe it, but I know it to be true. And I just love that. Um, anyway, so, I think that's a great way to take these, these sutras. That you, you know, the Mahayana sutras are so, um, so, uh, so like this. You know, talking about a lot of stuff that you think this is impossible because you're picking with your own mind mm-hmm. instead of from the place where the, the real. It is possible, mm-hmm. and so. Um, Anyway, that's just a thought to keep in mind. Um, is it? Okay, Rosemary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hi. Um, just really simply, I, I must have, I think I started out like Anne, you know, looking for the, the word or the phrase, but it was so relaxing that I really was falling asleep a few times. And it, I think. <laughs> I think the whole the whole experience was a little like listening to music. Ah, that's nice. No, so
3: that's that's what I wanted to offer. Thanks.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, and that was in the instruction by Dan. Lane, Consider it a symphony. symphony.
3: you want to say something? Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm just okay. nice.
5: nice. uh, well. I want to say that there's that beautiful confounding paragraph that you read before about awakening, resonating back to you. But I I like the next line, or the first line of the next paragraph. Because earth, grass, trees, walls, tiles, and pebbles all engage in good activity. That is something I totally believe.
1: You know,
5: I can't believe the previous paragraph. I'm not there yet. I've written, and I, that's such a that's such a hoot that Shihaku Okamura says that. <laughs> but it was a while. but on the other hand, you know, you can it, it's at least for me not hard to look around and think, oh yeah, this is all realizing good activity all the time, never stops, everything's doing it. I mean, there's a corollary, which is why am I so messed up. <laughs> but, but that part is absolutely it just strikes me as totally true. I mean, if you ever have any doubts, look at
0: the altar. look at the flowers.
5: Yeah, all the time. All the time. With the light moving across the floor, or the the walls. You know, kind of stuff.
1: Yeah,
5: yeah. it Reminded me, we read this with the Gaia.
0: Oh, it is and the Gaia. Yeah, because the grass. Mm. The yes. I remember the first time I read this. And I was going tiles. Why are the tiles in
3: there? that's not natural.: the dark... Oh hi, Laurie. Uh, Could you repeat the name of the chant?
0: Yes, it's the Jeju Yu Samai. And if you have the chant book, it's on page 26. I'm sorry to tell you that ahead of time. I Thank know. you. And the chant book is online Yeah, and the chant book is online. So you can all look at it. me too. Um. <laughs> it's oh, gosh. OK, thanks for. Talking. Okay, we need to close. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Special, thank you to Paige and Justin. Thank you.